And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This need to get to the important news. The World Health Organization says it's time to really hike the taxes on alcohol and sugary drinks. I'm sorry, I kind of faded out after he said alcohol. My the rage <laughs> in my mind. I don't drink it anymore, but I, I still. Countries need to increase their taxes on alcohol yeah. and sugar sweetened beverages. The World Health Organization said on Tuesday, saying too few states were using tax uh, to incentive incentivize healthier behaviors. After studying taxation rates, the World Health Organization said the average global tax rate on such unhealthy products was low, and hiking taxes could result in a healthier population uh-huh sure it can no it won't it's this is a revenue builder because they know people love alcohol and sugary drinks the uh, who recommends that excise tax should apply to all sugar sweetened beverages and alcoholic beverages now mm. here's the thing because you know they're 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 doing the um Oh, the uh, what you call it the, uh, the the parking thing in uh, in uh, New York again? Yeah, the uh, access the, charge of the yeah, or the, the yeah whatever the, whatever they call it right congestion fee congestion fee yeah, yes yeah. And, and we always said thank you yeah yeah it's got nothing to do with allergies or anything no like that. but and we always said, they're thinking about taxing that too <laughs> and and I, and I forgot what the amount they said they were going to do a day mm-hmm. back then I mean I, I don't know what it is now but back then. And you and I said, well, wait a minute. If you want to keep congestion, well, then charge $100 a day. Yeah, it was $8 a day. Everything yeah. um, below 86 was going to be $8 a day for cars, $16 a day for trucks, for 
delivery trucks and big right. ones. And we said, well, delivery trucks have to be there. Right. So they'll just pass yeah. that on. Right. So that's going to increase costs. All the small businesses are going to have to pay right. to get their stuff delivered. But if you them. really wanted to keep people out, people that drive and park in yeah. Manhattan right. are rich. Yep. For the most part. I'm not saying yeah. that there isn't somebody who isn't. But if you want to keep it up, $100, $200 a day, you want to, yeah, if you $8 want to change day, behavior, yeah. then you need to ramp it up to where people can't, af- can't afford it. Same with alcohol. Yeah, right. Let, let's put it this way. You could. Nobody's going to double the price of alcohol. Right. You're not going to see a $20 bottle of vodka and they put a, basically, if you know, and that would include taxes for, a, a just, I'm just throwing out $20. I don't even know what a bottle of vodka, full bottle will cost. Yeah, I don't know. Anywhere between, I guess, the cheap stuff, maybe guess, tw- depending on the 12 size. to 100. Yeah. <laughs> but let's say $20 for a bottle of vodka. Okay. Nobody's going to, du- the taxpayers, nobody's going to double it to 40. And by the way, with all the flavored alcohols that are out there, they have syrup in them. It's also a sugary drink. Oh, double taxation. Yep. Oh, uh-huh. double secret taxation. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Let that peanut sugary. your colada. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's really pitiful when you get to be my old age and mm-hmm. if you go out to the liquor store mm-hmm. and most people are looking for liquor content, I'm looking for carbs. Yeah. You know you're old when you're like, nah, the carbs are probably worse than the alcohol. <laughs> exactly. I'm not worried about being an alcoholic. It's the sugar. <laughs> I mean, jeez. <laughs> what with all these carbs? That's going to ruin my life. <laughs> uh, Mr. McNamara, we pulled you over because you were uh, weaving and you seem a little bit uh, uh, tipsy. Yes, but I've got no carbs in my system, That's officer. Right. I have good news. I'm carb-free. Yeah, hold this drink. I'm going to show you something. Uh, good, uh, Junior. It's going to be a carb-free bust then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what would if you, if you raise, let, let's say... Uh, on a uh, uh, $20 bottle of, of vodka, and you raised it to $25, 5 tax, which would be huge. People would yeah. go crazy if you did that. Would that stop people from drinking? No. 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 It wouldn't. I'm like a chocoholic, but with alcohol. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Right, now, now, right now, the, the, the World Health Organization said, although 108 countries do impose some taxation on sugary drinks, mm-hmm. globally, excise taxes on average represent just 6.6% of the price of a soda. Mm. Half of those countries also tax water. <laughs> what about breathing? Have they gotten to that point yet? <laughs> well, no, they have, actually. Breathing out. Uh, taxing unhealthy products creates healthier populations. It has a positive ripple effect across societies, less disease, uh, and uh, uh, more revenue for governments to provide public services, of course. In the case of alcohol, taxes also help prevent violence and road traffic injuries. Uh, let me see here. Globally, on average, the excise tax for the price of most sold brand of beer, the of the most sold brand of beer was 17.2%. While the most sold brand of spirits, 26.5% is the taxes on that, the highest tax the organization uh, uh, claimed. Hmm. Uh, they don't say what they would raise it to, though. You gotta, You just don't say raise it. You got to say... You've got to give the numbers so then they can be analyzed to see whether people would really stop drinking. Now, the other thing is this. In a free society, is it government's role to provide you, because you have health departments, with information as to what is healthy or not, or is it government's role to take more of your property if you buy something that some people might abuse, but they take much more of your property to get you and maybe even others who abuse it to stop. Is it government's role to take your property to change behavior in a free society. Well, if they really wanted to ramp it up, think about it. Uh, the answer is no. But uh, but if you <laughs> think about it, um, there's a couple of points here. If you really want to change the behavior, then make it illegal. Oh, we've done that. How did that work? Not well. Okay. Then you think about, you know, these liberals who, you know, want to control every stinking aspect of your life. They forget themselves. They forget what communism brought about. And that was free vodka. Free vodka. Now, it wasn't really free because you had to hand in, you know, your liberty, which you didn't yes. really ever have. You didn't get a freedom card. It wasn't There wasn't that freedom card that we like so much. You would get what the, well, government said you need, and apparently you needed vodka. So these liberals who are calling for greater taxes on alcohol need to rethink that because even communists believe you need more alcohol. Well, let's, there, get, I let's, it. let's get right down to it. All right. If you doubled the price of alcohol, mm-hmm. tripled the price of alcohol, mm-hmm. who would it affect the most? The poor and the middle class. Mm-hmm. 
We elite. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I just labeled myself. Yeah. <laughs> just for the sake of the discussion, though. We elite mm-hmm. could still gather in our high-rise condos with other cocktail socialists mm-hmm. and talk about how we can handle the alcohol and the peons cannot. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at uh, the governor of California, Newsom, and his his winery. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's going to be able to go out and actually he can make his own. <laughs> he's doing it. I don't know if he's actually stomping the grapes himself, but the it would, you know, you you look at 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 this always this noble idea, right, of ending alcoholism. It is a noble idea. Mm-hmm. No, but absolutely, I, I know. But you're starting I, I, on. Yeah, the, I'm talking about. I've I've got friends in recovery, so yeah. I know how damaging yes, it could actually. Of be. course, and so. It would be awesome if we could end alcoholism. Now, it's separate from this approach because the approach, it's like we've said for many years, they begin on the false premise. They give you this, they present these things under the guise of this noble idea of keeping you healthy in this case. It doesn't change behavior. It just changes what level people will go to engage in that behavior. It doesn't keep people from doing it if they really want to do it. Whether your addiction is sugary drinks or vodka, people will still do that and, in fact, maybe resort to other methods of being able to obtain that, being able to get your vodka or your sugar fix if they feel like it's too costly and out of their range. I mean, we did prohibition. Well, how did that work? Well, it didn't work. Why? Well, because people kept drinking. So you had the then the advent of speakeasies and, you know, um, moonshining. Well, you look at the trouble the states are having that have legalized pot. Mm-hmm. Look at look at, uh, you know, Portland right now that legalized all drugs. I mean, if you had the vote now, uh, it, the law would be rescinded. Right. <clears throat> right. And and so and and I don't want what's going on. You know, Portland. I live there. You know, when when you work in radio, you get an attachment to a number of cities. It's really very unique where when I've worked in so many cities and when you work in radio, you become part of the community. It's not like you lived yeah. there for a year, right. met a couple of friends and then took off and you know, right. whatever. Yeah. You, you are, are, are immersed in that community when you work there. Mm. I love Portland, Oregon. Mm. I can't stand what it's become and what the politicians on the left have done to it. But it was, it was a great place to live as has been every single place where I've ever lived before. Uh, but I remember even back in the nineties, you'd go downtown and you go to a restaurant, you come out because they allowed teenagers to roam free freely. I forgot what the, what do they call it? The age of liberation, whatever mm. it was like 14, mm. you had heroin addicts in the doorways all the way down yeah. the street. Yeah. 
You walk by and your first instinct is, oh, my God, is that person dead? I need to right. help. And it's right. like, no, they're just a heroin addict. Leave right. them alone. Right. Don't bother them. Right. Well, that goes against everything that how I was. Everything, every fiber of my being was like, no, this isn't right. The, the people, young, these are young kids. And they could they're, be dead any second now. Right. Because of this. Right. And, and you know, the advice was, no, 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 you just stay away. If there's a problem, the cops will come and take care of it. It's not a way to run a city. It wasn't no. back then. No. Because your natural instinct is, I need to help. Yep. Well, you can't. No. No. And the government can't control that behavior by imposing a tax. That's a fundraiser. No. That's all that is. That's a new revenue stream. And that's what they want, right. a greater revenue stream so that because they see that people engage in it heavily. Are they really concerned about alcoholism or somebody's health because of the too much sugar intake? No, they're not. They're not. It's a it's a way to justify taxes by saying we're doing this to. We're not doing this to tax you. We're doing this to help. So people are yeah, healthy. We're just trying to right. help. Now give us your money. Could you imagine? God, the cartel gets involved in soft drinks, sugary soft drinks. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're benefiting from the legalization of marijuana. Yeah, they are. We talked about how that was going to happen, and it did. Exactly what we so said. So you happen, outlaw yeah. things or you impose a tax and raise the cost of something. And the black market's going to kick in. Remember the number of calls we would get? You guys are wrong. If we if we legalized pot and taxed it, it would solve all these problems. It didn't solve any of the nope. problems. No, it didn't. And uh, the, the people that are involved in the business, and, the, and then the entire thing, too. We can compete with the cartel. We will only have local distributors, local. Well, if you actually want to make the marijuana business profitable in the United States so you get rid of the cartel, you're going to need major corporations with massive mass production to do it. And you're going to have to lower the uh, cost of government on that. With the cost of government, too. Right, yep. right. On both yeah. ends yep. is what you have to do. Yep. It's exactly the opposite of what they did. And we warned them. Right. We were criticized. But you don't need to be a rocket science scientist to figure out, you know, basic economics. And now they want the federal government to, you know, basically uh, decriminalize it. And the federal government, basically, the the answer from uh, D.C. is, okay, but we want our cut. No, not to criminalize Legalize it and then get 8%. Yeah, fully on. Fully on legalization. Uh, but but right. ultimately, 8%. the tax is going to be another 8%. 8% is the what federal the federal tax. At, right. Which is going to happen. There's no way that they're going to act on this in Congress and not attach a significant tax to it. 86690-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. With the Dacia Dow and Meteorological Winter. So far, very early in this winter season, we have mostly good news in the sense that cold air is pretty much absent from this side of the globe. The cold air at this time is mostly on the other side of the globe across northern Russia, for example. Examples of this mild winter, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. Seeing some record-setting high temperatures in the northwest and across the northern high plains. And other than a cold front moving 
moving into the latter part of the week in parts of the Midwest and Northeast, temperatures should remain near or above normal for the next few days. Then as we get to the end of the week and beyond, we'll see some modestly colder air moving into the west. Some of that cooler air will eventually reach the nation's midsection. But this is nothing unusual for this time of year when we normally see high temperatures across the north in the 20s. And then as you move to the south, temperatures oftentimes typically in the 60s or 70s. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Senate fuels and loops get in touch with red eye radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE it's red eye radio He's Eric Carley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. You ready for this? All right. Senator Mitt Romney says Republicans want the border closed as part of a potential congressional agreement for additional emergency spending requested by the White House and criticized clueless Democrats who want to negotiate border provisions. Democrats want $106 billion. GOP wants a closed border. That's the trade. But the clueless Democrats want to negotiate the border bill. Not going to happen, Romney said on X, formerly Twitter. Is an open border more important to Democrats than Ukraine and Israel? No. Yes. Clearly. Yes. I don't think there's any way around yes. that. Yeah. Now, Romney, with that very blunt, seemingly much more conservative statement, makes me wonder, is he reconsidering and will he run for president? Well, he's only <laughs> saying what he's programmed to say. So I guess maybe the programmer just had a conservative thought. Just he's a robot, you know, data in, data out. That's just the way it works. He is human AI. He is. <laughs> You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Uh-huh. I just thought that was really interesting, the way that Romney put it. Because if, you, if you're going to frame something mm -hmm. to win it politically, mm -hmm. to get the border, to get actually, and I don't know how you do it. You know, are are the are the Republicans setting their own trap? You can you can allocate the money, yeah, and say that you must do this, but you would have to have a law that is so specific to closing down the border mm. that Biden couldn't worm around it. And I don't know what you have to do in order to get that, but the fact that Romney phrased it the way that he did had to horrify Democrats when he said. Is an open border more important to Democrats 
than Ukraine and Israel. Because mm. that what what, that's what it comes down to. They claim we care about Israel. Okay, all the Republicans are asking you to do is close the border. That's with with all these pictures, especially in Arizona yesterday. Right. The Arizona yeah. what was it? Eleven eleven thousand five hundred people tried to cross. Yep. At that one sector. Right. In one day. Yeah. And then you see the stream of them coming in, and it's on the nightly news, and you're like, my God. And then there's Romney out there who's viewed as a moderate to, <laughs> not us, <laughs> but many people out there viewed as a moderate mm-hmm. saying the Democrats, the Democrats value open borders more than they do than helping Ukraine and Israel. Yeah. And you can't debate. How do you debate? No, we're not. No, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Because all if if you're if politically the left wants to help Ukraine. I mean, politically, you should you're you should uh, be doing your number one job, and that's protecting this nation. National defense, which starts with the border and. They clearly choose an open border over helping Ukraine or Israel. We should be helping our ally. Israel should be getting our help. Nope. Not if it means we have to close the border. Yeah. It's uh it's exactly where the left is today. But quite frankly, politically I don't think the left is really concerned about helping Israel at all. Uh, I agree. I mean, I'm telling you, we and we played the audio cut earlier. You can listen to our podcast later on. But the 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 uh, three Ivy League, yeah, presidents from Penn, MIT, and Harvard, and Harvard. I mean, that was just mind boggling how they couldn't they couldn't even say that our code of conduct prohibits. Hmm. Well, saying genocide, it all depends. Genocide. Well, genocide for yeah. jews yeah yeah and it's like well it depends on the context once or, or well no only it no they it's not in the code of conduct code of conduct if they say that only if they act upon it yeah. to which elise stefanik you mean they've got to commit a genocide right <laughs> what right <laughs> i mean it was just it was horrible almost as horrible <coughs> did you see the um the uh, the story about Randy uh, 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 Weingarten from mm. the teachers' union. Mm. Oh my gosh, the story in um, the New York Post opinion piece: Randy Weingarten lies again and again and again about closing schools during COVID. The results from the latest international assessment show a thirteen point drop in U.S. math scores from 2018 to 2022, and the president of the second-largest teachers' union is using it as another opportunity to gaslight the the public about her role in COVID-era school closures. Randy Weingarten, uh, American Federation of Teachers president, took to X to repeat the lie that teachers' unions worked hard to reopen U.S. schools for safe in-person learning beginning back in April of 2020. You cannot gaslight more. I I thought nobody could beat Corrine Jean-Pierre. Wrong. 
Weingarten turned off comments on her post to attempt to avoid public backlash. In other words, she closed her replies like she closed the schools. Her attempt to avoid public accountability didn't work, however. The same day, ex-users, Twitter, slapped a community note fact-checked on her post, calling her out on her revisionist history. Her union threatened safety strikes in 2020. Yeah. And successfully lobbied the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to make it more difficult to reopen schools in person. Right. The union's lobbying worked in at least two instances. The union's suggestions made it into the CDC guidance nearly verbatim. The CDC wasn't following the science. It was following the political science. I'm using that one from (laughs) now on. I like that one. Yeah, I'm stealing that from the author of this uh, op-ed piece, Corey DeAngelis. Corey, Mm. we're stealing that from you. All right. I like that. We're following the the science. science. No, you're following the political science. Exactly. I like that. Uh, Weingarten called Trump's plan to reopen schools in 2020 reckless, callous, and cruel. Chicago Teachers Union played a founding role in Weingarten's union, and it is still one of her local affiliates. CTU deleted a post claiming the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. Mm. And one of its board members was caught vacationing in Puerto Rico in person while it was still railing against going back to work in person. The fear-mongering knew no bounds. CTU shared an interpretive dance video protesting reopening schools in 2021. (laughs) CTU used COVID-19 as an excuse to strike again in 2022. In places like Union-controlled Chicago, two weeks to slow the spread turned into two years to flatten a generation. Another local affiliate of Weingarten's AFT, United Teachers of Los Angeles, included ridiculous political demands that had nothing to do with safety in its report on reopening schools. Its report on reopening schools called for Medicare for all, wealth taxes, and charter school bans. Similarly, on two occasions, about a dozen teachers' unions joined coalitions, including the Democrats' Socialists of America, to demand safe schools by holding national days of resistance, including in their list of demands were more federal funding, police-free schools, rent cancellation, and a ban on new charter schools. My my groundbreaking peer review study on the topic co-authored with Christos uh, Macritus, found that school districts and locations with stronger teacher unions were less likely to reopen in person even after we controlled for differences in local demographic characteristics Mm. like COVID risks, politics, household income, and population. As we concluded, our findings at school closures are uncorrelated with the actual incidence of the virus but are rather strongly associated with unionization, implies the decision to close the schools has been a political, not scientific decision. Since our 2020 study, at least seven other rigorous evaluations have found the same relationship, strong teacher unions associated with less school reopening in the COVID area. 
if Randy Weingarten was fighting so hard to reopen schools and why were they closed for so long while union-free private schools were open from the get-go. The truth is, power-hungry teachers' unions held children's education hostage to secure multiple multi-billion dollar ransoms from taxpayers. About $190 billion in so-called COVID relief was allocated to K-12 through education after March of 2020. The good news is parents have woken up. The unintended benefit of remote learning, which should have uh, just been called re- uh, remotely learning because not a lot of learning was going on, mm-hmm. was families who were able to see what was going on in the yeah, classroom, right. as you always pointed out. Right. Parents started to see another dimension of school quality that arguably is more important than anything that can be captured by a standardized test. You know, what was interesting during that time in those parents learning that over the years we talked about uh, how uh, school choice was a big thing with a growing number of families. But I think, and, and I don't know if it's been measured, we certainly saw a greater awareness by families who weren't as involved in that whole, you know, I guess, era of this growing support for school choice. Uh, If you weren't part of it, then you had to certainly at least consider it when you're sitting there in the virtual classroom and hearing things that are going on thinking, wow. I think it was a wake-up call for a ton of parents. And... Weingarten and they walk through the world like the internet doesn't exist. Like it's not so simple to fact check. I know. And she continues to lie and lie and lie and lie. But as he writes here and he helped write that one uh, study, Mm. uh, Corey is a senior fellow with the American Federation for children and a visiting fellow at Stanford university's Hoover institution. Mm. He said, I would call on her to resign for her crimes against children and their families, but by overplaying her hand, Randy Weingarten has inadvertently done more to advance school choice than anyone there you could go. have ever imagined. Well, I mean, and, and that's it. Because you saw the agenda at work. You saw it. And if anybody, and pretty much everybody at least had some knowledge of it. I don't want to say everybody was paying full attention to it. But if you were a parent, your kid's virtual classroom experience and also closing down schools or reopening schools, that was part of a discussion that you had with others to some extent during that period. And Weidgarten is one of those who just, it was about agenda, clearly about agenda, and they were using the, (laughs) we're going to steal it from Corey, political science to further their agenda your kids be damned they don't care anything about your kids they didn't care about the kids never did nope it's about the union yep 86690 red eye we'll be right back with more red eye radio with eric harley and gary mcnamara
It's Run Out Radio. He's our Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. You saw what uh, was uh, uh, released uh, yesterday. Now, I don't know if this was a part of the whistleblowers. It seemed like it was, but they didn't specifically. They mentioned the whistleblowers, but didn't say it went from the testimony from yesterday. So I'm not going to make any assumptions, but uh, the whistleblowers provided them the uh, basically uh, the number. There was like, uh, I think, over 300 or 400 emails Hmm. that uh, Joe Biden used an alias on to talk to the business partners of yeah. Of, uh, of Hunter. Right. Did you read Andrew McCarthy's column that the Republicans are going about it the wrong way? I that did not see that. Yeah, they're fo- no. that they're focusing on Joe Biden getting money. That's not the point you focus on. You focus on the entire enterprise. And, you know, because it doesn't matter whether the money went to Joe or went to his family. And it's like they're making such an emphasis okay. on it. And the right. argument's being done. Well, the argument's being done. The money being that the loans and everything else. I don't think it's fatal the way they've done it because you can still yeah, encompass everything think, in it. I think you can do both. And you brought it up. You said, look, even if there's not a connection, you know, a direct connection with the, you know, the money going to Joe, enriching his family is still yes. part of it, is right. a big part of it. You know, to that extent, we agree with Andrew McCarthy. But the fact is, I think you can demonstrate both because. What the GOP has done is taken away this whole, and that was done earlier, but they've taken away that, you know, the goalpost has moved so so many times, but that debate about whether or not he even knew about his son's business, where it started, to then it was, no, it was just a loan, and that's where they are now. Well, all of this, it is, I think, important to demonstrate the entire flow of money, whether it's just right. to his family or to Joe, I don't think they're focusing on one or the other. That just happens to be where they are right now. I you, think yeah. they've, they've done both to some extent. And I think one of the things they should mock is where the Democrats' fallback position is now. Yeah. Where they're, mm-hmm. What the Democrats are implying is everybody in the Biden family was corrupt. Yeah, right. Everybody was making money off Joe, and Joe didn't know it. Right. Yeah. Because what? It, because the next, because when they say, well, where were they make? Why was Hunter getting the money and giving it to his family? Mm. What was the money for? What service was he in? Right. Selling influence to his father, whether he got it or not, that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So was the entire Biden family using Joe Biden that they're all corrupt and Joe is the only clueless one? Right. You might be able to sell that. Mm. Well, not trying. to me. Not yeah. to me. They're but, trying. Yeah. yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on what? John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.